This is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you so much for joining me today on another episode. And as always, I'm grateful for your company and for all the work that you guys do in sharing this information with other people that need it. And also for being so brave to do your own work. Because this is what this podcast is about, basically, is doing your own work. Seeking your own transformation. That's the beautiful part, isn't it? Beautiful. And we'll do and use any tools to get that done. There is no shame in my game. If it's useful to you, I will bring it over to you, even if it sounds far-fetched. If you can use it, do it. Because even in my own transformation, some of the things that I've used, uh, I probably wouldn't have considered them before, but what a damn shame, because they certainly helped. They certainly helped, and it took me a while for my subconscious to actually bite into some stuff because it was rejecting it for so long. I had opinions about it. So today... I am open and allowing of all sorts of information, which I hope that you guys can also start to include in your life because you'll be missing out on a whole lot of ways to heal yourself. All right. Speaking of healing yourself and information that you might need, today we're talking about what Carl Jung calls shadow work. Freud was actually the first person to really bring in the unconscious and the conscious awareness, the difference between one and the other. And according to Freud, conscious awareness is our awareness, our actual awareness of what's happening in front of us. We can label it. We know what is kind of right and wrong. Uh, we're able to determine what we believe or verbalize it. We have opinions and judgments and we do it consciously. We're consciously aware and making decisions. Subconscious is actually where most of your thinking process actually happens. Most of your brain activity actually happens in the subconscious, which is unknown to you. I think one time I I read somewhere that the subconscious brain is in charge of about 80%. I think it's more than that. 80% of your brain activity, but you can tell because like I said before, your subconscious is in charge of your blinking eyes, your heart rate monitoring, your uh, body temperature, all that stuff is really Basically, your subconscious, you're not consciously aware when you're doing those things. But your subconscious also holds clues about your current behaviors. Although you're not aware of what your beliefs are subconsciously, you have beliefs in there. And these beliefs are acquired really beginning from childhood, from whatever messages that you ended up receiving around that time. It just started there and it kept on going. Now, in our conscious awareness... We know what is right and what is wrong. In our subconscious awareness, unfortunately, that does not really discriminate. Subconscious does not discriminate what is right and what is wrong. It just has beliefs that it will support. That's why a lot of our behaviors, believe it or not, do not match what we consciously want. For example, when I get in a fight with someone and uh, verbally, I'm having an argument with someone and all of a sudden I say stuff that I shouldn't have said. And you're like, where the hell did this come from? And then I hate myself for it later. That's really your subconscious belief system right there. How about when we say, oh, I'm so worthy and I love it. And I love myself and 
I, I, I really pamper myself and I, I, I know I can appreciate and I have myself and my self-esteem and whatever. And then I go ahead and get involved in toxic relationships. Ah, that's your subconscious right there. There's some beliefs in your subconscious that deems you somehow unworthy because that's exactly what you're behaving on. So most people, when they tell me things like, oh, I know it's wrong, but I do it anyways. And then I always ask, so which one won the argument? Did your subconscious or your conscious awareness win their behavior that you acted on? And most of the time, people will be able to determine that it is the subconscious that won. Every time, you guys, almost every time, my subconscious beliefs used to win quite a bit. I could say I'm worthy, but then I'll get involved in a toxic relationship. Or I'll say that I'm, I really love myself, but I'll binge eat and self-destruct in other ways, whether it's drinking or whatever. I can say those things consciously, but what's winning is your subconscious. That's how incredible it is. Carl Jung, who was basically the person that introduced the shadow work, which is the subconscious work, right? I know Freud, I said Freud is the daddy of psychology and he did introduce that, but Jung did a lot of work on what is called the shadow work, okay? And what he was really wanting to point out to people is that the shadow work, our subconscious, carries a lot of our characteristics that we don't like about ourselves. It's kind of like characteristics that we actually may have ourselves that we don't like in other people. It'll pop up in the strangest ways. For example, if I perceive someone as being really rude and I'm really offended by their rudeness and I go into how they're trying to get me and the way their tone is and how they're talking about how they're looking at me and I start believing this is real and they're trying to and I think this person is a threat. A lot of the times that's coming from your subconscious brain, the shadow part. It basically says, according to Jung, that I also have these traits that I'm pointing out in another person and this is called projection which is why I can point them out in another person. But I relieve myself of the responsibility of calling myself out on it because I could just point it out on another person. It's really weird because if I really didn't have this, and I I can, I can vouch for this being true, if I really didn't have this issue about rude people and I wasn't really offended by this person, if I didn't have that within me, I couldn't really see it in another person. I, I would not imagine them as rude. You know these people that you sometimes make a judgment and say, oh, you see how this guy's looking at me and he's, he's wanting to start beef with me. And your friend says, no, they're not. You're crazy. You're out of your mind. Well, <laughs> the reason why you can see that they're starting beef with you basically is because you do the same thing to people, which is why you're able to detect it in other people, supposedly, or project it onto other people, even if they don't, if they're, that's not their meaning at all. Most of the time, you're not psychic, right? I hope you're not psychic because you can't determine what this person's intentions are, but your projection will determine that. Our shadow self will also include areas that we have not resolved, whether it's inferiority complex or it's, it's basically some of the events in our mind that we don't like ourselves for. It's the lies and the cheating and the stuff that we do and that we've just repressed because we don't know how to resolve or deal with it. We just keep shoving this whole big clusterfuck in the subconscious brain, in the shadow, which is dark. And it seeps 
out. I mean, if you keep pushing, 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 eventually it'll come out. And this projection business is where it comes out at. It's all these things we don't like ourselves for. So there's more to it, but I just want to make sure that I kind of give you the the beefy parts of this shadow work so it can get you started. Um, some of the reasons that people want to do their shadow work, but it's also the reasons why you have shadow work. <laughs> okay. Like the, the, there's something there in your shadow, in your subconscious brain that you need to resolve and you need to pull out into the light, pull this from the darkness into the light, the stuff that you've repressed in the past, it's going to seep out into your life. And this is where it's going to seep out. First, you become highly judgmental of others and definitely yourself. You have very severe judgments. I mean, you're highly self-critical that it almost makes you immobile. It makes you self-defeating. I see this in patients when they're shaking their heads and they're not saying anything. <laughs> they're like shaking their heads no or something. And it's so self-defeating. I realize that's just a self-defeating look. They're just shaking their head without even saying or answering the question that's being asked. Right away, they're putting themselves down. Right away, they're uh, not accepting a part of themselves. It's not, it, it looks really self-defeating. That's the best way to describe it. Uh, another reason why you need to be doing shadow work is if you have relationship problems, oh boy, oh boy, shadow work is where your baggage is at, people. It is going to seep everywhere in your relationships because when we have been disappointed in the past about trust, about connections, feelings of security with people. And those issues are not resolved. They're not brought into the light. We are going to act on them. And again, this is where we blame other people instead of taking responsibility for our own baggage. We'll say stupid shit like, oh, I don't, I don't trust anyone. People have to earn my trust. And, and that's not, <laughs> that's not necessary to say. Not necessary. That means you just have baggage that you need to work on. Another really important time that you're going to find that you need to do shadow work is when your parenting specifically is lacking somehow. You're just not finding a connection to, to your children, bonding issues, um, the ability to be patient with children or, um, I think it'll show mostly in the bonding aspect. Something about the bonding aspect. That's in a lot of ways. It, it could be from past experiences and your experience with your own caregiver, primary caregiver, like your, a parent, for example. What ends up happening is it will seep into our treatment of our own children, our relationship with them. Something to keep in mind when you're thinking about shadow work or whether you need to do it. Another area that I think is important to work on when it comes to shadow work and why you need to work on shadow work is if you have an easy access to anger. Like you just go to anger real quick as a form of solving a problem. It's a motivator, a constant motivator, and it just, it's, it's overused. You know, I like anger as being a, a motivator in some things, you know, it could, it could help us out in some cases, but people, it is not a constant motivator. If it's a constant motivator, it comes from somewhere. The fact that we are defensive and access anger this quickly tells us that we need to go back and revisit some stuff. Where does this come from? Every time people think about therapy and think about the ha having to work from past 
childhood experiences or something like that, which is a common perception. It is true. It is true. It's not completely false. It's not just working on current coping. Therapy is also working on shedding light onto the shadows, onto the darkness of your past. It's a beautiful experience. There's a lot of benefits to it, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I'm just kind of letting you know where you, first, where you need to uh, look at to determine whether you do need the shadow work or not. Another uh, place that you're going to probably need it is if you have low self-worth and you behave in that form, like you behave based on the belief of low self-worth or feelings of inferiority. That one is really going to pop up. I mean, I can think of supervisors in the past where, you know, even me at one point, definitely feelings of inferiority made me unfair person, made me overkill in my power trip and self as a supervisor. I mean, I can recall some areas where I, I definitely showed feelings of inferiority and it, and I projected it onto others. I projected that others thought they were better than me. Bullshit. The truth is, I thought I was better than others. <laughs> and that's why I reacted that way. So that's what I mean about we need to be honest with ourselves. It, it sets you free. It sets you free when you know your own dirty shit that you do and sift you through your own dirty laundry. Then nobody can shove it in your face and say, okay, oh, you see when you did that? You've already worked on it. You already know your own dirty laundry. So that's a good thing, right? We want to work on our own shadow work. So we're not running from anything. We are able to confront properly. And if somebody points out our past or our flaws, we've accepted them. We've done the work to accept what they are. So nobody can hurt us with them. If, for example, I'm an alcoholic in recovery or an addict in recovery, a lot of the times people will... As people that I know and I love will throw things at me like, oh, remember when you used to uh, steal money or remember when you used to uh, mess people over, be a flake or be undependable and all those things can be true and people have every right to say them because I did do them, right? Let's say that that was the case. I did do all these things and I've accepted them. What's really good about it is that people cannot use them to hurt me anymore and the truth will not hurt me anymore because I've accepted it. I've, I've learned to look at it. I'm, I've learned to not be ashamed of it. I've done the shadow work. You see? Beautiful stuff. Basically, anything that could be causing you current distress in your coping and you're like, why am I doing this when I consciously know that it's not the right thing to do? It doesn't go with what I believe. That's when you need to do shadow work. Something is going on in your subconscious brain that's basically causing all these messages to be played out in in your life, in your life. They're coming from somewhere, people. They're coming from somewhere, but you're just not consciously aware of it. And what we want to do, like Freud says, is bring the subconscious into conscious awareness. And now we have power over it when we do. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing, people. I think Jung says it best is that he says everything that irritates us about others can lead us to an understanding of ourselves. This is just another point to make about projection. I love that. I love that. So when we do our shadow work, we really will not be in much offense when people do stuff or say stuff. 
we are working on our own shadow work. Imagine not being offended. Imagine taking responsibility for your feelings from here on out. Beautiful. <laughs> Unbelievable. You mean to tell me that every time I get offended, I take responsibility for what I'm offended about? Absolutely. And that in itself is freedom. I no longer need anybody to take this offense away from me or wait for anybody to get that I'm offended and fix it for me. Oh no, I do my own emotional fixing. Thank you very much. I have the whole toolbox. I just do it my damn self. All right. And that's what we're doing today. We're going to go through some of the ways that you're going to do some shadow work and why this is beneficial for you, my friend. The things that we're going to start by doing is first become self-aware. That's going to be almost the undertone of every other bullet point that I'm going to say right after that, because they all have the undertone of self-awareness. But this specifically is being self-aware with compassion. And what I mean by that is that most of the time we have no problem taking responsibility for stuff that's fun and positive, but it's the stuff that isn't so positive that we have a hard time taking responsibility for in our subconscious. Because in our subconscious, we have both positive messages and we have negative messages or beliefs. But the ones that cause us the problem are the negative ones. They're the ones that are just part of our dark side, if you may. Okay, just dark side. And so we want to be able to identify what it is that we're doing without the shaming it's good to take responsibility. A lot of the times we don't take responsibility and engage in denial because we don't know how to take responsibility without the shaming and the guilting. Oh, it's dirty. It's filthy in there. My self-talk can be filthy in there if I'm not aware, if I'm subconsciously unaware, basically. So we got to go in there. We got to be honest with the reactions that we have towards people. We got to be honest with um, what we're what we're calling ourselves and what we're doing. And beautifully, when we do that, we don't risk the blaming of our own emotions on other people, which is beautiful. We're setting ourselves free from doing that and also setting the people around us free. They're not pressured to perform for us or specifically to meet our emotional needs. They don't have to do all that work. We do our own work today. It's beautiful, freeing. Okay, so we have to label honestly, meaning that I'm going to notice when I'm minimizing my own mess. I'm going to notice when I am avoiding confrontation. This is this business of going within is quite exhausting. If you've been running on automatic thoughts, basically subconscious thoughts your whole life, it just just you're just autopilot all all the time. Slowing down to become more self-aware is in fact just that. You're slowing the hell down and it's going to be exhausting for people when you're trying to be accountable on the inside for your own emotions when you've been so long on autopilot and letting your emotions run wild and blaming other people for them a lot of the times we're pretty much exhausted and angry when we start being self-aware and a lot of people give up they check out that's why it's not easy for everybody to do the therapeutic or go through the therapeutic process because it requires a lot of accountability, self-accountability and taking responsibility for our own thoughts and our feelings and becoming aware in order for us to change them. Because if we're not aware of them throughout the day, what the hell are we changing? <laughs> Nothing is changing. 
nothing. I'm not aware of what I'm changing. What could I possibly be changing if I'm not aware? So the first thing that has to happen is self-awareness, my friends. That's the first thing. I don't even want to sugarcoat that for you and make it sound pretty. It is what it is. It's going to be exhausting. But I need you to hang in there. Because it took years and years in the making of your subconscious dark beliefs, dark side beliefs that are causing you problems. You need to be patient with yourself and compassionate with yourself in the process of change. And it's by doing it over and over and over again, being aware over and over and over again until that becomes your new autopilot, that you're just (laughs) self-aware. You go within. Whenever you experience any irritability, you go within. You don't go try to fix it on the outside by making people change or adjusting things on the outside. Oh, no, no, no. How we mature and grow up is by going within. When we get offended, when we become irritable or we experience discomfort, we go within, my friends. That's maturity. That's growth, both mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Beautiful, beautiful place to be. Another important part of self-work that goes along with self-awareness is our self-talk, right? And I kind of briefly mentioned that when, when I said no shaming when we are taking responsibility. But we're talking about an inner dialogue of challenging our current beliefs. And if you, of course, it's going to take you a little longer to find out what those current beliefs that are in the subconscious are because you're not aware of them. But I promise you this, if you're honest with yourself, you're going to find them in the reactions that you're, you you have, right? They're going to show up. It's not just in what we say, because that's not even as important as what we do. That's really important. That's where all your subconscious business is at. It's in the stuff you actually do, not what you say. <laughs> what you say is mostly your conscious awareness, but what you do is a lot of your subconscious. Okay. It's beautiful when they both get to align with one another. That's really beautiful awareness. That's the outcome we want. We want our subconscious to be easy for us to retrieve, for us to go within and be good at it. Being good at bringing that dark into the light real quick, that basically it becomes light in my brain to walk in there, that there's nothing really hidden. And if there's something hidden, I can confront it and make sense out of it a lot better than I used to, rather than avoiding or blaming other people. Now I'm going within to get that relief. So check out your inner monologue. Is it sounding like hell on earth (laughs) or is it sounding like a gentle form of healing is it compassionate kind to you or is it is your inner monologue just or dialogue just nasty there can't be no healing in that because as i've said before plenty of times that whenever we try to correct ourselves with shame and guilt we stay immobile emotionally there is no growth after that There is no growth. Hear me say it again. If you do that, you are basically stunting your own emotional, spiritual growth. You're staying the same, stuck. You're going to lose your motivation and your conversation will just be self-defeating. You're going to be that girl or that guy that's just shaking their heads without even saying anything. They just, they they, they say nothing and they're already putting themselves down. Nothing is coming out of their mouth. (laughs) Okay. But they're they're shaking their head down all the way to the floor and they've just given up and thrown the, the white flag and just checked out on their own life. So we don't need none of that. We need to be able to take responsibility and we do it again with a better inner dialogue to solve our problems. 
Another thing I need you to know when it comes to doing your own shadow work is that a lot of the times we identify ourselves with our conscious identity. We are consciously a good person, right? We tell people we're a good person, we're honest, we're trustworthy, whatever. And a lot of the times that keeps us from exploring our subconscious identity. And in understanding what that subconscious identity is, it'll help us accept ourselves, accept all versions of ourselves, and help us heal, help us make the connections we need to make, and fill in the gaps for ourselves that we need to fill in, rather than wait for other people to fill them in, because that's going to be damn near impossible. So accepting, for example, uh, let's say you say that I'm an organized person and you just flaunt that out. You're just like, yes, I'm an organized person. The shadow part also has the part where there's a disorganized part in you that you're not accepting as part of what you are at times as well. And you're allowed to be, of course. It's not accepting it. And so part of you subconsciously challenges the conscious discipline part that says, oh, I'm, I'm really perfectionist. I like to organize. I'm a great organizer. But there's a part of you that is, that isn't such a great organizer at a, a time when you don't need it. And that fights with the fact that you could be both. And why do we need to accept both? Because we don't remain in conflict. We don't hate ourselves for being disorganized when we consciously consciously always determine our identity based on the fact that we are organized on the days we're not organized i also need to accept and love myself as well i see this often with people that have been working their whole lives especially in the military and they retire and after retirement they don't know what to do anymore in their mind they have not accepted this part of them in the, in the shadow that can rest, that can be lazy or whatever. They've rejected that part of them. And so they cannot sit still in the fact, because they've always said, well, I'm, I'm always productive. I'm always productive. And they tell me I'm always productive. I, I, uh, I don't like myself when I'm not productive. I just feel like I have to be productive. But the part of their shadow is not accepting the fact that they need to be also accepting of their unproductive side. And that's okay. And sometimes they call it lazy. They call it other things, but it's really just resting. They just have not accepted it as part of their identity. This is rigidity. It again does not allow us for growth or move moving forward. It keeps us immobile emotionally and sometimes physically. I don't want people to hate their retirement. And I don't know how many times I see our beautiful vets that hate retirement. <laughs> I'm like this. You've served so long for our country and you hate retirement. I hate to see that. I hate to see that. It's sad. It's sad. But it's a truth. It, it does happen more often than not. So summing all of this up, I hope this gets you started on your own shadow work. And you can look more into it online. There's a ton of uh, information online. But I want you to just to reflect for you the need to accept all versions of you. The need to heal all versions of you. The dark and the light. And determine what they are. In us putting a name to it, there's so much power putting a name to our dark side, our organized self and our disorganized self, our productive self and our unproductive self, our happy, peaceful self, also our 
conflicted, rude self at times. We need to accept all of that of ourselves, of ourselves. And what's beautiful at that, when I accept it, then I don't have to impose it on other people. When I accept my own anger and my own self-criticism and my own judgment of others, I don't have to impose that nonsense on anybody else. I don't have to react on it on anybody else. So that keeps me safe as a person from hurting other people and certainly from hurting myself. Does that make sense? Okay. I hope it does. And I don't know. I think shadow work because I had to do it myself. I found it probably the most bang for my healing buck. <laughs> I, it's like the gift that keeps on giving. And today, a lot of my shadows in the light. And when a shadow peeps up again, when that discomfort is experienced in my world, all I do is go within and I look at it and I bring that shadow into the light. It's much easier for me to do it now that I've done so much of it before. I have to go through a big old list of all my shadows and all the things that I didn't like myself for and I don't like other people for and connect at that for myself and realize that there are all versions of me. Every opinion I've had is a version of me. It's good to know. If I'm the producer of all these nasty <laughs> thoughts and beliefs, I can also relieve myself from them. I can redo them in my own mind. But the power has to be conscious awareness. I have to bring the dark into the light. So I hope that you guys take this on and reflect on it. Work it through your life so you can experience this freedom. It's a beautiful thing. Really, it's a gift that keeps on giving, like I said. I love you guys. And I wish you light and acceptance of your dark. This has been an episode of Drive Through.